So last week we, we was talking about, and we'll kind of, I think we'll kind of finish it up today about the importance of fellowship. And in Acts chapter 2, we've been talking about this, and this Got Milk series is about, about they were addicted to the apostles' doctrine, and the apostles' doctrine had to be, Acts 1.22, you had to be an eyewitness of his baptism, and you had to be an eyewitness of his resurrection to be an apostle. And the reason why I keep saying that is because, because I'm telling you that back then there was a lot of self-proclaimed apostles, but they were not the real apostles. That's why Paul combats this. And, and sometimes you'll hear me say things questioning the, the, the actual uh, apostleship today, and I, I really don't think that these, these men are talented and they're gifted, but even today we have to make sure that the apostles' doctrine is basically this. It's just reciting and re-saying what God has already said, and Peter did this in Acts chapter 2. All he did was recite scripture. All he did was recite Psalm 16, Joel 2.28, and 3,000 got saved. So the apostles' doctrine was so important. We talked about this verse. This is the four-legged stool um, that you've got to build not only your, your salvation on, not just going to heaven, but we, we have to build something, this four-legged stool, this church on. And like I said last week, these people in Acts chapter 2, they had power, but what, what they were about to experience, they needed more than power. Now, I'm saying this, and I'm not going to look at you, but some of you have laughed at me. You, you, you've called me a Bible thumper. You, you've, you've, these, not you, of course, but, but 2020 was the litmus test for many Christians or people in churches. And I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm not saying anything, but I'm, I'm telling you. It, it, it says, Issachar says this, if, 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 you, if you can't deal with the footman, how are you going to deal when the chariot shows up? Oh, I know, we got to, oh, boy, when the Antichrist come, I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah, you're going to do a lot. You're, you're, you're panicking over things, and I will tell you in the nicest way, I understand certain things, but this is why we need more than just power. We need a plan. And the plan is, number one, we have got to be addicted to the actual sayings of the Word of God, and number two, we've got to be addicted to fellowship. So here's your prescription. Take it or leave it. So we've been talking about fellowship, and we found out last week that, number one, Apostles' Doctrine, it was a learning church. Now, fellowship is referred to as a loving church. Okay? So we have two more to go before I retire. So why is fellowship so important? So we addressed this a little bit last week, and so we're going to hit on this, and then we're going to do something else. But, but the reason why fellowship is so important, we gave you many reasons last week, but we have a picture of, of, of geese flying. Now, if you're from southern Oklahoma, don't break out a shotgun here. They're not real. So they're flying, and you see this geese always flies in a V pattern, V shape. So these people that study birds, I think they're called ornithologists, and, 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 and they have a reason why they fly like this. Twofold. It's, it's, it's energy conservation, and, and, and it's, it's, it's eye contact assurance. Fighter pilots fly like this. 
They've learned this trick. But what happens is, is there, there's a guy out front, and he's the strong one, and he's a mature one, and, and he's the one that's leading the pack and breaking the wind. And I don't mean that in a bad way. But in this fly pattern, by you're looking at this, this seems like they're, they're all on the same level, and they're not. These geese figured out just a few inches above the one in front of you gives lift. And the, and the ones in the back are the young ones, the immature, and they're always doing the honking. Always. The idea of this, that it says, this, this gentleman said on OETA, this ornithologist said this, that flying like this, they have studied these birds, they can fly 71% further than flying alone. I'm not saying that you can't get somewhere in your walk with Christ by yourself. I'm just telling you, you can go according to the way the geese fly. You can go 71% further without filling up. If you'll just get in a group of people that is flying together. We, we produce lift from one another. We, 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 we cause people to conserve energy. And remember what I told you? I'm not going to do it. But remember what Jesus said? And I'm not even going to get into that. Forget that, what I just told you. But anyway, I'll, I'll deal with that another time. But he's talking about soaring. But the idea of this is the fact that the people in the back, if you're young and immature, if you're not doing anything, if, you're just, if all you're doing is just soaking in, you should be the honkers in the back saying, Amen, hallelujah, you're doing a great job. I can't sing, but I'm glad you're up there. Just a little, just a little encouragement goes a long ways. There's nothing more discouraging than for these people to get up and try to sing something and you look like you just got a worm shot. <laughs> really. I told Melissa, I wasn't joking. She said about singing a song. I said, listen, about half these people, they're, they're sound asleep while you're singing. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but if, we, if we're not careful, we're not really ready to come in and worship God. We need to be ready instead of just coming in and saying, well, I've had a bad week. Do something. Pull a rabbit out of the hat. That's not the way this works. The Holy Spirit was designed for the home. Acts chapter 1 and 2. It happened in John Mark's mother's home. You don't fuss and fight in church. Well, some of you do, but you need this at home. So, we can fly 71% faster and longer, excuse me, if we'll just fly together. And, and if somebody is breaking wind in front of you, and I don't mean that to be a bad way, you need to tell them, hey, I appreciate your love and commitment towards me. I'm doing my very best back here, but I'll tell you all that you're doing, you're helping make my Christian walk easier in one day. And we know this, they rotate. They rotate when they get older. So that's why flying in this V shape is so important. Flying together because, well, they can't fly in X shape. That would be weird. But so V shape is the way they fly. Flying together, working together, creating lift for one another is, is, is what we've been called to do as Christians. And unfortunately... You know, I, I will tell you, during the COVID deal, we stayed home for a long time. Couldn't have church, blah, blah, blah. And really, I was a Christian. I was saved and going to heaven. I loved Jesus. But it wasn't just like coming to church with you. It wasn't the same. So I'm glad we have the opportunity to fellowship together, aren't you? So, so number three, there's only four. Number three, where did they fellowship? Where did these people fellowship? It's found in Acts chapter 2, verse 46. And they, which was the first church, they continued daily, means proscatuo, it means they were addicted daily, 
One with one, in one accord, that's not a Honda. Homothumadon is a word for accord. It means one mind. Homo is the same. Thumados or thumos is a word for mind, thought process. They got in one accord, one mind thought. If we would just do that, if, if we could just check all the, the worries and the shame and the guilt out at the door, kind of like wide earth at Dodge, that has to stay outside and just come in here with an honest heart and an open heart and a loving heart, you'd be surprised what this church would do. Thank you. So they come in here with one mind, breaking bread from accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Did they eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart? So it's a twofold place where they worship. Number one, they worshiped in the temple and they worshiped from house to house. So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to reveal a couple of things to you this morning. It's really pretty simple. We found that why that that what is fellowship? We talked about Cornelia. We talked about his community. It's a commune. It's a coin. And we found that this word coin, it gives you worth. The word, the word koinonia is where we get a word for coin or currency. And coming together gives you a sense of value and worth. Say, it's kind of like going somewhere, eating at an expensive restaurant. And I don't mean Burger King, but when you figure out the bill is a lot, then you start asking, did you bring any money with you? You got any money? Got a check? Well, what happens is it, it's, it's very simple that you can come in here and be depleted and broke because of the events of, of the last week. But I'm glad to tell you, coming to church, I'll tell you, there's people around you that, that's got, they got something. I mean, they're not all carnal. Car, there's a lot of carnal Christians in the world. I mean carnal. I mean carnal. Their mind ain't on God. Their mind is on this and that and this and that. Oh, they'll pretend. But I'm telling you right now, it's good to come to the house of God. And really, when you need just a little loan, somebody's sitting beside you, hopefully, that's got a little bit of spiritual currency. Can I borrow a little joy? I'll pay it back Tuesday. All right. Give it back. So, so when we talk about in the temple, this, this was Solomon's porch. This is where the five porches were, the house of Bethesda we talked about. And we talked about according to your firmity is the porch you climbed on. They put all the blind in one place, all the lame in one place, all the gossipers in one place. And we talked about this. If you're not careful, you'll find yourself on the porch that you, you are comfortable with. All right? So number two, they, they, this is a place where we call a corporate learning and worshiping. It's the church setting. It was a 35-acre paved setting, Solomon's porch. It was a huge place that people could come. It had a setting that they could come and they could listen. It was a, more of a, of a lecture style, more of a lecture style, kind of like what I do. I just get up and lecture you. And so what happens is it, it, it is giving out certain information. That's, that's what the word temple means. They wasn't actually allowed in certain areas of the temple, but in the courtyard they were. It was open to the Jews. So there they could gather and, and they could receive information from these apostles. And there, because there was 11 of them or 12 of them now, that, that certain ones had certain ideas and, and, and they were all scattered and maybe Thomas and James was giving their little intake and signing autographs or whatever, but that's where they could get information. But the second type was house to house. And house to house is very important because that is, that is, that is witnessing to what you learned in the temple. Now we're going to call one a big group and we're going to call one a small group. Now, I want to tell you something right now. Make no mistake about it. I've been accused of a lot of things, but I'll tell you, the only time that I'll really come knock on your door is that when you say things 
to hurt me or my family or discredit this church. Don't have a small group and, and throw my family in on your small group. Don't have a small group and talk about how bad Houchin sung this morning. Don't do that. Don't have a small group and say, well, I heard him say that, but the real thing is, be careful what you say about that. Okay? Because I got news for you. I mean, this is in the nicest way that I am the apostle of God. I am the prophet of God. I am the pastor. I, I am one of you. But make no mistake about it that I'm telling you the word of God speaks for itself. And secular humanism tries to integrate into the church, and that's why he talks about this. Don't, don't let the things of the world corrupt or contaminate the Word of God. So small groups is this. Don't, don't have a small group and, and, and have a piece of the pastor when you go home to do that. Don't do that. That's not a small group. Matter of fact, you're hurting and you're poisoning young believers. You are. So not that you would do that, and you wouldn't do that. But the idea is it's very important. This is the way that it worked, that these people that were just hungry for God, they would come and listen to the apostles that were eyewitnesses of what Jesus said. There was actual and factual accounts of the instructions of what Jesus said. And then what happens is they wrote it all down, they got it right, and then wherever they went, they repeated what they learned. So in St. John chapter 10, verses 9, it says this. So I am the door, which is Jesus, okay? And, and the word door is a legal word. It's, 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 it's not only, it, it's a legal term. Uh, it, it's, 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 a, it's a natural door and it's a spiritual door. He was the divine door and the natural door. He, he had to fulfill all the genealogies and he had also as received the, the, the commencement of his father from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. But just because the father said, this is my beloved son, he still had to fulfill the genealogies of the tribe of Judah, the lineage of Abraham, and all these things. So being the door, he had to fulfill two criteria on the divine side and the natural side. Now the Pharisees didn't care anything about his divine side. They wanted to make sure that on the natural side, he checked every box, and he did. So what happens is he said, I'm the door. I, I am the legal way in. Legally, you can come in and out. And he said, and by me, if any man shall enter in or through me, which is Christ, he shall be saved. Say, I can be saved because I believe in Jesus. <clears throat> and then, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. So what he's telling you, after salvation, there's something else for us to do. How many believes that Jesus is the door, Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, Jesus is the life? All right. And by him, the Bible says, under him there's no other name given among men that where we shall be saved, which is Jesus. We believe that. But he said, after that, you shall, or you will, or you need to, go in and out and find pastors. So you've heard me talk about this. Going in and out is knowledge and wisdom. Going in, so after you're saved, it's not good enough. It's good enough to go to heaven, but if he was just interested in getting you to heaven, he should have killed you at the altar. So evidently, he has a work for us to do. So after we get saved, evidently, there's something else for us to do, and there is. So we're going to go in. Where's in? The church. 
And then we're going to go out. Where's out? It's wherever. And you shall find pasture, which is where we get a Greek word for nome. It means to be satisfied. It's the Taco Bell commercial. I'm full. All right? So you've heard me say this. Knowledge and wisdom is like breathing in and breathing out. How many knows that it's important? Rachel and Phillips knew. So it's not a trick question. How many knows it's important, Rachel and Philip, to breathe in? Is it important? Okay. Breathe in and hold it for a while. Just breathe in. I'll tell you when you can let it go. So anyway, so breathing in is like, hold your breath. Breathing in is like coming in and receiving the word of God. We're coming in. We're saved. And now that it's not just, go ahead and lay it down. It's not just good enough to be saved because he's turning colors. It's not good enough to be saved. He said, after you get saved, you can be saved by just walking in the door and saying, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He died upon the cross. He rose the third day. You can be saved. But after that, there, there's another process that we've got to live out. Coming in and receiving the Word of God. Breathing in. And then breathing out. Philip and Rachel, it's just as important to breathe out as it is to breathe in. And it's just as important to breathe in as it breathes out. Wisdom and knowledge is the same thing. Knowledge is breathing in. Wisdom is breathing out. I'm breathing in the Word of God. I'm breathing out the Word of God. I'm learning the Word of God. I'm applying the Word of God. Wisdom is application to knowledge, which is information. We've gone over this a thousand times, and I'm telling you, it, what happens is once you make a lifestyle of just coming to church, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you're taking notes, and I'm glad at least you're staying awake. But it doesn't stop there. It's got to breathe out what you've learned this week, whatever it is. And if you'll do that, he said, you will find pasture, or you'll find completion. You know, there's no feeling in the world. I mean, has anybody here, I, I hate to even say this, has anybody here ever just personally led someone to Jesus? Now, don't raise your hand. Just don't. But when I first got saved, I was so full of Jesus, I couldn't see straight. I didn't know anything. I mean, I didn't know anything. I, I, I don't know that much now, but I didn't know anything. But, but that never stopped me from knocking on somebody's door or pulling somebody out of the truck and saying, you need Jesus. And they say, why? And I said, I don't know, but you do. <laughs> Man, when I got saved, I worked in oil field and drove a truck, and I'm telling you, somebody said, where'd you learn to preach? I never went to Bible school. My pulpit and, 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 and my desk was behind a steering wheel shifting gears of a truck. God had my attention. And that's just where I've learned to listen to him and heard his voice. Listen, I mean, you, you may be in a quiet time now and, 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 and you think your life doesn't matter. That's not the truth. God always, what's this? God always sets his men and women aside privately before he uses them publicly. And you've heard me say this, but Mary said, how can I be pregnant? I've never known a man in and the angel said, what God has planned for you, you, you don't need a man. The Holy Spirit will do what he wants to do in your life. So if you're in a place right now where you feel like you're in a funk and, and you kind of feel like you're, in, you're not doing anything, you're not going anywhere, but your heart wants to, God always sets his men and women aside 
to work with them privately before he brings them to a public ministry. So if you feel like you're all alone, it's, that's not a bad deal. Come to church, learn a couple of scriptures, go out and share them. Now if somebody questions that, you say, you know what? I'll find out. I'm going back to church Sunday. I'll be back Monday. Don't give them a stupid answer that's wrong. If you don't know, there's nothing wrong saying, I don't know, but I'll find out. It's okay. So that's what breathing in, breathing out, to find some type of a satisfaction. Number two is when did they fellowship? Now the sad part about this is some people will never experience fellowship. Even coming to this church, they won't experience it. They're here, but they're not here. Oh, I see you, but you're not here. Okay. And I will tell you that for, for that, someone may ask the scientific question, well, can I, can I be a Christian and not go to church? Well, you can, but why would you? Some of you have never seen this movie, but if you're not careful, you'll wind up being like Uncle Rico on Napoleon Dynamite. Anybody ever seen that show, Uncle Rico? Now, Philip, see? All Uncle Rico does is throw the football to himself always wishing things would have been different in his life. If you hadn't seen that movie, it's a good movie. Go rent it. It's a good movie because they got the rotary phone and it got a cord on the phone that reached back here with Mike Boyette. It's funny, too. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. I had one in Long Grove that the, the phone was by the door and my mother ordered a cord and we could go from Long Grove to Marietta on that same cord. Really? It's funny. So this kid's uncle, oh, I mean, you know, all he did was throw the football. I had the football, throw it to himself, and, you know, just mock passes. And, and, and he said, oh, if, if I could have been the quarterback, if I could have done that, if the coach would have just let me in. He spent his whole life wasted just throwing the football to himself, hoping and wishing things would have been different. Listen, we don't have to be that way. God has set you in a good place. God has set you around good people. God has set you around people that are passionate towards him. The great thing about fellowship is this, that I encourage you, not only he teaches us what it is, how to do it, where it's done, and why it's done. And I encourage you this morning, fellowship is so important for your life. I know you can do it by yourself, but that's never was God's design. God's design was for you to be a part of something, to learn and grow. Come in and listen to things. I'll tell you, there's no feeling in the world like experience of being loved, wanted, and accepted by other people. The body of Christ. No feeling like it in the world. Like being loved and accepted and wanted. It's Acts 10, 44, and you've heard me say this, but, but I, I want to say this. It says, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. 
While Peter spoke, he spoke the word. He just preached the gospel. And when he just preached the gospel, and when I say preached the gospel, he just recited what the word of God said. The Holy Spirit fell on all of them. The word fell is used only one other time in the whole Bible. This word fell. And it was the prodigal son's father kissing the boy after he come home living a life. The word prodigal means no boundaries. The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is not tongues, it's not healing, it's not interpretation of tongues, it's not faith, it's none of those things. That's a product. Philip, the primary purpose or the characteristic of the Holy Spirit in your life is this. That when the Word of God is being taught, the Holy Spirit comes down. And as the Father fell upon the boy's neck and kissed him, it reminded the boy that he was loved. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to fall from heaven upon you and embrace you and make you feel that you're wanted, you're loved, and you're accepted. Even when others despise you. Even when others have turned their back on you. Even when others say you'll never account to be anything, and you'll find yourself in a setting where simple words of the Holy Spirit is, is simple words of the Word of God is being spoken, and the Holy Spirit falls. That's who He is. And why that is so important, because the Bible says in Corinthians chapter 1, it says this, and if there be any communion of the Holy Spirit, let it be so. He's telling you, the Holy Spirit is connected to us. And my job description, number one, before we leave this place, I want you to know, you may, you may, be, you may go home to a bad house, you may go home to an abusive home, you may go home to a financially poor home, you may go home to somebody that really don't care if you live or die, but I will tell you, in this place, where there's worship in his word, you can experience, Chuck, true love of God. And the Holy Spirit fell and wraps you up and kisses you on the, on the neck and said, I've always loved you. Pig poo and all, you've always been mine. And you know, when that really happens, that really is a good incentive for me to go out and find someone else that needs to be loved. And reminded that God loves them. Robert Albrisky, you're loved, my boy. You're loved not only by God, but I love you. So that's why fellowship is so important here. See, God just said he was. So Cornelia, currency, value, worth, connection, we have something in common started out with one then he went to 12 then he went to 70 then he went to 120 then he went to 3,000 then he went to 5,000 and now in 2021 I don't know but I will tell you there are millions of believers 
who are pursuing God our Father and Christ our King, that we're connected. We have something in common, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ, Jogin, that flows through our hearts. We may have different styles of music. We might have different tastes of food. We may have different styles of clothing, but there's one thing that we have in common. If we are believers in Jesus Christ, we are connected, and the Holy Spirit gives us divine fellowship that we have love for one another. I'm more valuable because you're in my life. My life has more worth because you're here. And I will tell you what, let it be a lesson today. We need one another. So as we move on and we kind of glide on to the next couple, of ones, I, want, I just want to remind you, this was God's design. You're not alone. God by the Holy Spirit connects our hearts together. That's why you need fellowship. That's why you need to be loved and wanted. We're glad you're here. We love you. Father, we live in a world that absolutely is upside down. I think in the last few months that we have really seen the unleashment of satanic forces. We felt the oppression and, and we, we are seeing something that we've never seen or felt before. There seems to be the discarding of the Word of God in, in true form. There's great substitutes, there are lookalikes, there are counterfeits, there's all these things, but Father, this morning we just pray that in this twofold setting that we can come to a simple place and hear the true Word of God, not only being proclaimed but explained. And once we get that in our heart and our minds that we can go out wherever we go and we can apply that, we can just share it. Wisdom is a great thing. If application of the information we learn. So help us to be sensitive to people that are hurting. Help us to be sensitive to people that may need a little healing. Help us to be sensitive to those that are going through something that we've experienced ourselves. And by this, they will know that we are your disciples. So as we continue our journey, that we need a plan more than we need power, that we want to be strong and effective, not only for a church, but our own family. And Father, lastly this morning, for those that feels unloved, and for those that have been in a foreign land, and for those that have been in a situation and still coming out of a situation that it's not perfect, it doesn't really matter. The Holy Spirit is falling and embracing these this morning and reminding them they are loved and they're part of the Father's kingdom. Come home. Just come home. For every prodigal son and every prodigal daughter, just come home. Just come back. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to, to make fun of you. Just come back. Come back to the arms of a loving Father who's always been looking for you. And for these things, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning, come on, let's stand and give the Lord a praise offering, if you would, please. Huh? I'm glad you're here.
Turn to somebody and say, listen, I'm glad you're here. Can I borrow $20? I'll pay you back Wednesday. Blessed are the poor. For the kingdom of heaven is yours. Blessed are you that hunger and thirst. For you shall be filled. This morning we celebrate Holy Communion once again. If these gentlemen would make their way and ladies would make their way to the front. You talk about fellowship. There's nothing more that we have as visual aid as the communion than fellowship is the best words for it. The body of our Lord, the shed blood of our Lord, fellowship. What he's telling you in these two sacraments, there's great worth in this. It has natural value, but it has spiritual values as well. The bread represents our brokenness, our broken lives, our broken hearts, our broken health, our brokenness. Jesus became broken. He became like us so we could become like Him. He became broken that we could be whole. But the cup is symbolic of spiritual health. It is through the shedding of the, of the Lamb's blood, He said. And Jesus said, now I am the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. He sat with his disciples that night and he said, for 1,500 years you've been celebrating this ordinance, the unleavened bread. But he said, now then, I am the bread of life. I am that bread that come down from my Father. I give eternal life. And he said, as often as you take this bread, it will remind you of me. Then he said, for 1,500 years, you've been celebrating the cup. It's the Lamb's blood that was taken and shed and placed upon the doorpost in the shape of a cross. But Jesus said, now I am the New Testament Lamb of God. And my Father will take my blood and apply it in the shape of a cross for the forgiveness of your sins. This is the fellowship that we have, the cup and the bread. So, Father, this morning we bless this cup and we bless this bread. And for all those that will partake of it, they will find fellowship with you. Healing for their bodies, healing for their minds, healing for their hearts, healing for their hopes and dreams. But not only that, the shed blood for the forgiveness of sins. Your great atonement. Bless this cup. Bless this bread and all that we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen.